Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Hello and welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Today, we are talking about whether or not the customer is always right, and really just the customer in general. So it's not a full-on, is the customer always right? So get clickbaited, but... Um, the answer is no, by the way. It's not. The customer is not always right. Um, well, let's and let's talk about it. What does that mean? I want to frame it a different way. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just switch it up. <laughs> we'll call it something else. Uh the way I'd like to think about this, okay, and the way I um, frame it in my mind, and it is that we've got kind of four types of customers, okay? And th these customers are kind of on a bell curve, okay? And so at one end, don't care how long it takes, they, 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 they almost love the process so much they wish it would go on forever. Then you go with the, the trusting customer, okay? So we're coming up a little bit. The, the, the trusting customer is the, Gosh, I, I really love what they do. I love their work. I, 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 I want to just be a part of that process. Um, they trust you for decisions. They trust you for budget. They trust you for that whole thing. Wait, you, what distinguishes the two of those? Because that does sound like a little bit of the same. They have a budget. There, there, there is a time schedule, um, but, they, but they are trusting you through the process uh, as you go forward. Got it. Um, the next one is the doubting. Okay, and this this person probably is coming back over the other side, and they're like, "He said two weeks, but I don't really <laughs> think he means two weeks." And and you know, he said it's going to cost a hundred grand, but I'm going to put away a hundred and twenty five just in case. And and I got you know, don't the same. So the things that you're saying, and now that can be, you know, that's that's them protecting themselves. But there's there there could be this doubtful person can grow to the non-trusting area where they don't trust anything you say and everything ever after every meeting they're going to their computer and they're typing out you know asking google yeah about free quote science. on plumbing yeah and so th they are the the doubtful non-trusting right um and then the psycho is the is the other end of the deal now the psycho so just to just to run through all of them really quick yeah. we have the lover patron the, the truster yes the doubting, yeah, and the crazy, the psycho, yeah. Uh, we could make them all, you know, agree in their tenses, but that's okay. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the here's here's the twist in this little plot narrative story. Sorry, explain the psycho. I cut you off. Who? What is the psycho? What's because um, the doubter seems a little. Uh, no, the sense. psycho comes to every meeting um, ready for a fight. Okay, the psycho feels like they've been wronged. They've been they've been you know cheated. They they are uh, you know it's a fight. It, it's a you know so it, it's it, a previously doubting customer that has learned that they were right and to doubt whoever their architect was. Yes, and they and they grow into this enemy, right? They grow into this person that you're just like I don't even know how we can work together, how we can keep <laughs> how we can keep going. They're kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. Where like right off the bat, they already doubt you. They already kind of like got expectations that you're gonna fail. And yeah. because they have that preconceived idea, they manifest it through their actions. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I I definitely had one psycho client. Okay, same. And she 
Uh, they both only had one. I only had one. Yeah. And she was. And uh, it was a she on my end too. Mm. It was a Karen. Um, Classic. I <laughs> sorry. Uh, if, sorry if your name's Karen. The uh, but do better. The <laughs> the thing that happened was is that she was. I mean, she was she was just a troubled soul, and so she, she would, you know, I would show up for the job. It was a small thing. It was, you know, I was early in my career, and I uh, was doing a really cool, you know, historic kitchen, um, historic bathroom at her house. She had just married this guy who's going to be a, a Snap-on tool or Mac tool uh, distributor, and I don't know. It was probably a sixty, eighty thousand dollar job. Well, you know, I would show up at 10 in the morning and she'd be drinking. And so, um, you know, and she, she would just kind of sit around and drinking, kind of looking for something to pick at, right? Yeah. Looking for something to, and I, and I remember, um, like I, it got to the point where it was like, I don't even want to go over there. And, and this was still at a point where I was doing most of the work myself. Well, I hired a guy to help me, um, Kenny Hayes, who is one of my great employees and, the way he handled her um, was so liberating. Okay, he uh, would just joke and would just would just laugh his way through the thing. She would say something, and he'd go, "Yeah, like you know." And, and and I was like, and I was like, "You can say that to what? What is going on here? I've been scared to death." And Kenny comes in there and just like. This lady's crazy. <laughs> he goes, I'm not putting up with it. I'm not, I'm not dealing with it. And we kind of worked our way out of that thing. Yeah. And and I was, you know, falling down this hill, you know, like, oh crap, what I gotta do? I gotta keep her from getting mad. I gotta keep her from, you know, I was trying to manage her and also do the work, knowing that every cut I made and everything I did was gonna be judged. What so like she would sorry, I just want to be clear you would make it you're like sitting there at your miter saw just that's probably not gonna fit like that kind of her deal <laughs> just <laughs> like, with the drink that no yeah. no it <laughs> was a chance it was more you know we're bringing the cabinet in and we're we're fitting it and stuff like that she's like that doesn't look right <laughs> you know and you're just like okay it was on the shop drawings you know yeah so kenny we, was right we, we she all, doesn't know yeah we were we are all this is all stuff we approved and she's just like i don't think this is going to work at all you know and you're just like okay well, you know what what am i supposed to do with that yeah kenny, I, I was take young, another shot young in my career <laughs> <laughs> i was young in my career and wanted to i was a pleaser right i wanted to make sure she was happy and yeah. yet she was not going to let that happen yeah so what ended up happening well, Kenny came along and he kind of just started joking. And and about the third joke, she kind of goes, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> what just happened here? She she liked the pushback that Kenny was giving her and was just kind of, and, and his kind of, I mean, I was probably 30 and he was probably my age now. He's 55. Yeah. And he's just like, I'm not putting up with this lady, yeah. right? And so he just started joking back with her and just kind of poking the bear. Uh -huh. And and the bear, instead of charging, just kind of went, oh, yeah, well, okay. And she waddled off back to the other room, started <laughs> you know, drinking in the other room, but wasn't bothering us. Yeah, she got on YouTube <laughs> and really just started commenting fervently. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, this is oh, pretty, man, you're killing me. I just imagine I know, her I know. with a drink, like, waddle. You said she waddled off. <laughs> <laughs> So Richard, what was your Karen like? Well, um, yeah, this was 
it's crazy. This was the the <laughs> lowest income neighborhood we've ever worked in. Mm -hmm. um, the job was maybe like fifteen hundred bucks, two thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Yeah, it was um, a little bit of carpentry, some base casing. She was remodeling. <clears throat> she was kind of one to. She was like a watcher. Yeah. So she would. She wasn't holding a drink, but she would just watch everything. And there's there's a lot of people who watch. Like I had one guy, this is another job, mm -hmm. uh, homeowner. And like I would literally be like fitting the base pieces around the wall. And he would like come and like kneel down and like not say a word. Oh, just man. Like, just so focused, like watching me. And I, like, it's like had, getting in the business. I had my headphones on. I was like, oh, did you did you say something? He's like, just like watching. <laughs> I'm like, wow. All right, I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna keep listening to this. <laughs> yeah, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, watching a little bit, it's in your house, you know, they're there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But to be like laser well, to focused, kneel down and to, yeah. to get on the level. Yeah, and it's always like the guys who are like, oh, I would have done this myself. I just don't have the time, you know. So they're just watching because <laughs> they're trying to learn. Yeah. But anyways, this lady, um, we sprayed two doors. They were like double doors to a closet and i took them out set up a little booth sprayed them and they were dry and i i was carrying them back in and my tape i didn't take my tape measure off and it like scuffed the door uh -huh. and she flipped like flipped out oh, she no. was like what like just freaking out like you you're gonna have to respray that i was like no i can i can touch it up with a roller like yeah. I, know, I know how to do that and she's like no no you have to respray i was like no i, I could Trust me, I can roll it, you know? Yeah. I can touch it up. Like, she she was like, no, no, you're going to have to respray it. Like, don't bring it in here. And I was just like, like, I can I can touch it up. Like, we went back and forth. Yeah. It was weird. It was like a one-day job. It was a, we were there, like, trying to fix that, like, all night. It was, it was weird. So, we, I ended up being like, all right, whatever, like, just we're just going to leave. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't owe me anything. I'm just, I just want to leave. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, yeah, yeah. Get out of my house. And I was like, okay. So me and John were like getting the tools, like walking in and out, like leaving the job. Yeah. And then she closed the door and I was like, we still have some stuff in there. She's like, well, you're not coming back in my house. I was just like, okay. So I pulled out my phone and I was like, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm calling the cops right now. She's yeah. like, like I put it on speaker and they're like nine one one. I didn't know the police number, so I yeah. just called nine one one and I was like, "Can I be transferred to the police station?" And she's like, "Yes, yeah, absolutely." So she transferred and they're like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "This lady stole my tools." Oh my god! <laughs> and she's like, "She's like, oh whatever, just come back in and, and get your stuff." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Well, never mind." She's letting me back in, and then they're like, "No, we need to know like." where you are because if something happens they yeah. want like a record of it i was like no no it, it's okay i just hung up yeah she let me in we had like a hammer or something left uh -huh. but it was just so petty and so <clears throat> crazy one of the things though i'll point out like if you're listening to this and you're wanting to know like how to be aware of that it always stood out she was from new zealand and she i'll never forget she said in new zealand everything is better people here just suck like craftsmanship here sucks and mm -hmm. i was like well i can prove her wrong but mm. i couldn't you know like she didn't want me to do my 
rolling touch-up technique. She right. wanted me to reset up that whole booth, spray everything. Like some people you just cannot make happy. And I would say that is the psycho. You know, you, you can't, that old phrase, you can't please everyone. You definitely, yeah. she was unpleasable. And that should have been a warning sign because she, when I walked in for the estimate, she was like, look what this tile guy did. Look at the painter did. And I was like, I was immature, but looking back at that, I probably would have been like, you're not going to be happy with me either then. Right. You know, cause I'm, right. I try my best, but if you want perfection, like that's, we're human, you know? Yeah. I'm going to scuff my, that was an accident. I, yeah, messed, yeah. I messed it up with my tape measure, but. I think that, I think that you got to realize that <clears throat> something I learned early on is that, um, and we've talked about it before, uh, in the, uh, that, that book cheap I talked about, Ellen Rupel Shaw. Oh, she did give me my money though at the end. Oh, really? I, I, I wanted to say that she did pay me what she owed me. That's so. shocking. So, yeah, to hear that. So there is there is a fear, okay, in the customer's eyes that that, that they are not going to um, uh, win, or, or they're going to get taken, or they're going to get you know they're, they're going to be taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And so there's this fear. One of the things she points out in her book um, is that part of the deal about discount culture, part of the thing is that they feel that they're winning, that they feel that there is a, uh, you know, that there's this, yes. And even though they've driven all over town, you know, spending all kinds of money, you know, to get, you know, save yeah, $3 some, on yeah. some socks, right. There's a win there. And so I think it's the same, tr same thing for these customers is that there's anxiety and there's fear um, about, you know, success and just, you know, are my friends going to laugh at me or, or you know, uh, am I going to get taken advantage of? Am I going to have one of those horror stories that happens? Now, that was a comment. Here's the twist in the whole thing. Yeah, I wanted to hear this. Okay. You interrupted me before. I so, did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll take that. So here's the twist. You, okay, as a craftsman, as a, as a you know, craftsman and, and business owner, determine which customer you get. Just by selecting, by going. No, not by selecting. Okay. I believe it is like, there's a reason why I had my psycho client, you know, early on in my career. I didn't, I didn't know very much. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the experience to handle her, but I also, I was somewhat knowledgeable, right? I knew the right things to do. I was, you know, definitely honest, but, but it, I don't know how talented I was. And so there was anxiety and about my skills and about the the work that we were doing. Yeah. And I think that the more knowledgeable, the more honest, the the the, the more talented you are, the the more likely you push yourself into, you know, that realm of having clients who are naturally trusting because you're knowledgeable, because you're honest, because you've done these things. And you, you know, immediately kind of, you know, uh weed out those other people because um you know, good people are coming after you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Would you accept her job today? And if you would, how would you, what would you do differently? No, that's a good question. I, you know, I think that, you know, if you think of that bell curve that we we're talking about and, and, you know, these clients on this kind of bell curve of crazy to loving uh, patrons, <laughs> um, the- I uh, love a, a lover for a client. <laughs> so- you know, depending on your skill level, that bell curve moves back and forth or moves around based mm -hmm. on the the the, the how they competency you. that you bring into it. Now, I would have handled that customer very differently, and I I doubt I would she would have chosen us because I would have come in with this 
um, professionalism and this, in this like, look, here's the process, here's the bids, here's the numbers, here's the thing, here's how it's going to work, here's the schedule, here's the, here's what's going on, and she might have kept drinking, but she, she but there would have been a <laughs> uh, a an understanding an on understanding her understanding that 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 brings her this. Yeah. Right. And so mm -hmm. the the point for the guys out there listening, gals and anybody that's dealing with customers is that, um, you know, <laughs> I'm totally it's, a, lost it's a great point. Yeah, it's totally a really good point, point because <laughs> anyone is dealing with customers. <laughs> um, no. So, so just before you find your point, um, <laughs> old man, uh, one thing that I was curious about is it does seem like a catch 22. Like, uh, so you're saying the solution is raise the bar of your craft, get better so that you don't have to deal with the psychos. And there is an element to that where, you know, on those entry-level jobs, it sounds like both of you guys just had to do a good job. Like it had to do a job to bring in some money. So, you know, how do you fight that? Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, if, if you're dealing with, you know, if you, if the last 10 jobs you've done, okay, five of them were crazy clients. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, look at yourself. Okay. And, and, and look at, look at what you're bringing to the table as opposed <laughs> to, you know, if you're one of those guys who's always saying, I got the craziest clients, I got the worst clients. Eh, you know, yeah. it's probably you. It's probably you, right? You're probably the drinking with the client, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something's happening. Something's happening that is causing them to, you know, become non-trusting, become become doubtful, become you know questioning, and mm -hmm. start looking at everything you do and kind of going, wait a minute, you know, yeah. And and sometimes you can start out with a very trusting client. But because of your actions on the job, you turn them into a doubtful or psycho client right. because they've gotten into a situation where they're they're scrambling to try to get out of it. And, you know, you have caused this distrust and mm -hmm. caused this problem. Well, craftspeople, listen up. It's uh, advice from an apprentice time. So hmm. um, I work with parents a lot um, and moms specifically are like, the classic tiger mom across the board. Um, I would argue that there is not a single mom who put in the wrong setting or put in the right setting is not like full on mama bear. I'm going to protect my kiddos. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So me being a 24 year old guy uh, started out of my job. Um, this was three years ago, four years, five years ago. So uh, basically the way that it works is there's like a men's director and a chapter director who's overseeing me. Um, and basically my boss, the chapter director quit. And so I got promoted into his position pretty quick. At the same time, my, my within six months, within six months, my women's director at the same time, another month after that, um, her husband got a new job in Austin. So she moves away from Denver. So I'm alone. Uh, I was previously, uh, a men's director now promoted to chapter director. And now I'm doing the job of three people as one. So excuses aside, um, cause I, I was really bad at this part at the beginning, but just put it in a new position. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I didn't communicate as well to parents as I did, uh, or as I do now with my team where we've got like a dedicated social media plan. We've got a dedicated, uh, you know, emails that go out weekly, schedules, all sorts of stuff that is just like built in system wise. So the things are 
Yeah, sorry. Communication. Communication is huge. Communication is key. When we brought my wife on, my wife is the communicator of our family. I'm really bad at it. She's really great at it. And that's a, a key feature that has distinguished the moms at the beginning going, what are we doing? Like, what is going on here into, we love this. Like, we love what we're doing because... And you've, you've got the same analogy where you can have this psycho mom and, and all of a sudden she becomes a cheerleader for your, exactly. for your ministry for your business. Be, or yeah. your business or whatever it is, be, all because you have communicated differently. And, that, and that's kind of my point is, yeah. that, mm-hmm. is that, you know, you determine sometimes whether these, you know, customers are going to be, you know, patrons or But I would argue crazy. my craziest moms, like the ones that were coming at me like, what is going on? When is this? What are we doing? And I'm like, I posted it like three weeks ago. It's no big <laughs> deal. It's out there. Um, but now like our communication plan is entirely different. Like we, at the end of every week, hand out a, a like a handout to every mom that's like, this is exactly what we talked about. These are the three questions that you can now ask at home. And then here's all the events that we've got for the rest of the month. Here you go. And it just, you know, it, a concept I, I, you I said, mean, feeding I mean, the monkey. Yeah, right? I don't, I think that maybe to your point, the most important thing we've done in the last few years is change our communication method, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 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 you know, try to be as open book and transparent as possible um, so that the customer you know, isn't blindsided. They, they know what's happening next. They know what the schedule is. Hey, we should be in by August. We should, you know, the next two months look like this. Um, communication is huge. And, and, well, it's also- and, and what you were saying, <clears throat> yeah. we think on the building side, well, everybody understands that, you know, drywall takes two weeks or drywall is t- going to take a month, right. you know, and they don't. No, and, and, and they can get like, what is going on? You know, how long do these drywall guys need to be here? Well, you, I think it's kind of similar to what you were talking about about starting your YouTube channel. That's essentially just communication, like full transparency. This is what I know. Oh, this yes. is what I do. Yeah, like, that was a huge. That had probably established a ton of credibility for you. Yeah, that. So most of my clients after my YouTube channel kind of took off were lovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they really were. They were. Um, wow. They were. They knew the reputation. They kind of knew what they were getting, and we. Like I can honestly say, we never let them down. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think um, that one experience that I told you about earlier was the worst experience I ever had. And if you're new and you're listening to this and you're scared about the psychos, don't even worry about it because 99% of people are trusting. You know, patrons they mm-hmm. they want something crafted well. They want to get it done, and they're not out to get you. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to understand how YouTube's helped you and 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 built you and helped you build your business. Talking about one, not only giving clients a, you know, oh, I know him now and I've watched him, but also just marketing and everything else. I think the biggest thing is the knowing. Like they feel like they know you. Yeah. Like whenever you follow somebody, you kind of feel like you know them, or you mm-hmm. listen to their music, or or watch their movies. You're you kind of like. Yeah, I kind of got a feeling of how Jim Carrey is, you know. It's, a, I, <laughs> it's called a parasocial relationship. Really? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, person's putting their personality out there online. Um, hi. Uh, and you you feel like you know them. You feel like, oh, yeah, I, I know what Richard did on his house. I know how he built, you know. And so you're like. Well, you like kind of do know, know me. Yeah, yeah. Like the way I present myself in the videos is kind of exactly how I it am. It is. Yeah. I just, 
joke around, have fun, and try to work. So yeah. essentially, they do know me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the the parasocial part of it is they know you, but you don't know them. So whenever you meet, there, there's a whole video on like why it could potentially be harmful to people who like meet, especially kids who meet their heroes that they know from online, and then they're like. You know, we're like friends. And, then, like, and he's just like, know. sign yeah. out. Yeah. Get out of here. Kid. So <laughs> um, going back to, is the customer always right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, after we've framed it in this thing, you know, that these different things, um, the customer's not always right. Okay. Well, I would actually argue the opposite. It seems like the customer is always right. Because you guys are so, well, I guess there's part of it where it's like, you guys know more than the customer knows. I'm probably on the same level as a customer. But the thing that we are saying is if you get a psycho client or if you get five psycho clients in a row, it is probably because you are not doing your job. So the customer is a good pulse or an indicator of like how well you're communicating and how well you're yeah, presenting. I would say so. Yeah, and I, I, I guess there's a point to the customer is always right. There's some truth to that. Like if they say... No, I want that, you know, exactly how it has in the picture. And I, and I try to talk them down to like another way. And they're like, nah, that's fine. I just want it the way I want it. Yeah. I guess you're right because you're the one paying for it. Would you agree with that? I, I do. And, and, and in that sense, the customer is right, right? You know, mm-hmm. the customer, the, we work for them. We serve them. You know, if they want it, you know, purple, then we're going to yeah. do it purple. Um, but the where I would say they're not right is, is where I would say um, – that we have to be the professionals. What we've been talking about that, you know, that Dan was even bringing up yesterday when we were talking to him is that there is a, um, we we are the professionals in this situation, in this relationship. And, you know, what I've talked you off the cliff of, of if just, what are you doing? Why, mm-hmm. why are you, you know, putting up plastic? Why are you do, doing these things? And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And, and, and it emboldened you, I think a little bit to just say, I do know a lot more than them. I am the expert. Well, what it did too was it it kind of made me want to know more because I'm like, you know, and and I'll I'll be honest, like we've had people on the podcast who kind of said, you know, like you just brought up Dan. He said it's a tragedy that people look at carpenters and and tradesmen as like a second class. Mm -hmm. And, And I've kind of looked at myself like that sometimes. Like throughout my career, I'm like, man, like, why can't I just be like the people I'm working for? Mm. You know, like the customers and their suits. Like the grass is always greener on the other side, you know? It's always greener. But, um, you know, you kind of just put yourself in that position. Like, man, how could that be or whatever? But when you, you know, told me that stuff, it, it made me want to be like, you know what? This is a professional thing. There's more to it than just slapping up some trim. Like, there's, yeah. it goes deeper than that. It's a great uh, long tradition of beauty and skill and you know competency and you know and history in in our craft that there's plenty to be proud of and plenty to do to you know dan was listing off all those people that in his company from the you know logistics person to the estimator to the accountant oh, yeah. to you know we can do all of that and so um and and i think this is important and and what we're bringing up is realize how you see yourself, you know, one way, one way you might always be, you know, getting into those doubtful, you know, distrusting client is because you show up at the job 
you know, hat in hand, kind of like, well, what would you like me to do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, yeah, just okay. kicking, kicking rocks. Yeah, kicking yeah. <laughs> and so as oh, opposed shucks. to showing up going, you know, I'm the professional. How can I help you? I want to yeah. make your house more beautiful. You know, let's go do something together. And I can make your house more beautiful. And I can. And I Would will. you like me to start? No. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry I mean, I mean, I mean, so so part of the, this thing, the twist in this whole thing, when you describe that, is that that's part of it, is our attitude that we bring into this thing is going to determine whether that client is trusting or not. Yeah, you're like, yeah. I know freaking classical architecture. Dang it. You're yeah. listening to me. <laughs> well, the other <laughs> big thing about it is uh, I, I think you do have to build a base of experience and communication really can make up a lot for, for sure. uh, maybe not having the expertise. Like I would say oh, if you're absolutely. in a place where you're like, oh, I really don't know what I'm doing, but I, I'm pretty good at figuring stuff out. And so like uh, it'll get done. I yeah. think even just communicating something like, Hey, I can do this job and I will do this job and I'm going to do my best. Well, humility, I think, mm -hmm. and not so much humility. Like you said, you're just hat in hand. Like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, but, that's almost uh, just, shame. You know, the phrase, your ego is not your amigo. You know that one <laughs> where it's like, you don't have to be some cocky guy coming in there. We had an AC guy uh, come to our house the other like, couple months ago and uh he was just trying to sell us a new system so yeah. hard and he was so cocky. He was just spouting off all these HVAC terms and I could tell he was just trying to sell me, you know? And that's not my personality. I'm just like, what? Well, but, the, but the good thing is, is that we are customers. You know, when an AC guy comes and shows up, we are customers. So so what, what about that guy, you know, frustrated you or, you know, it was this, you know, arrogance maybe or yeah, arrogant cockiness, just like you need to sign up for our monthly thing. The monthly thing is like eight dollars a month and what it covers is this and this. Here I'll I got I can call him right now and get you signed up and like hands me the phone. I'm I haven't said a word. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So you definitely don't want to be that guy. You you wanna have confidence. That right. is that is a sales tactic. <laughs> yeah. That's like a TikTok or Instagram sales tactic where you just here, I'm gonna call him right now and then the person's like, I don't know, Oh I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> the, the thing that really did it was um, he said, oh, this system's old. This refrigerant, they, they don't even make that refrigerant anymore. You're going to have to get, it's like, a, I, don't, I don't know what the terms are, but it's like a R something refrigerant. Yeah. And then my wife's cousin is a HVAC technician too. Yeah. So she called him and was like, is that true? He says on here, like, they don't make this one. And he's like, we use that all the time. Like, it's... But he and he gave us an estimate for like fifteen thousand dollar new system. Yeah. So that's cocky. Yeah. But you want to have like, you want to have confidence, mm -hmm. you know, which has helped me a lot. Yeah. You know, the uh, when we're talking about the client here, it, you know, one thing we probably should address is the money. Um, and and you know, I <laughs> am, Why? Gu am guilty of this, where you know, some guy shows up. And let's say we're doing landscaping at my house. We need some, you know, bushes or something done. You know, um, I'll sometimes, <laughs> uh, I'll have a number. Do you in want my to admit head. to this? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a number in my head, but I won't share that number with him, mm -hmm. right? And so um, it's not like I go, I got ten thousand dollars to spend on this thing, mm -hmm. um, but I'm waiting to see see where he's going to land, right? He's, you know, where he's going to be, and so we can kind of learn from ourselves mm -hmm. of, of, of how we need to act and react. And, and because we know those clients are, our clients are probably doing the same thing to us. Yeah. I mean, we do ask like, what is your budget for this project? 
a lot. And I'm not sure we get the a straight answer ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought of something too that um, I went to consult on this job in Weatherford and it it was pretty bad. The lady was basically saying like, we had this restoration company come in because they the house flooded or whatever and they're redoing all the trim. Mm -hmm. I saw you, your videos and like, I think you know what you're doing. And you know, can you come look at this? So I went out there and it was really bad. And the, and the guy, like, the guy like who wrong did it. moldings or like no, badly executed? They put him in both, upside down. Both. I should have, I'm kicking myself for not taking pictures, but the reason I didn't is because I walked in, met her, shook her hand. She was super nice, yeah. like trusting. You, you could tell right off the bat she was trusting, which may have been to her detriment, um, which, you know, people have those nightmare stories. And this is kind of one of them where the trim was bad, mm -hmm. like nothing lined up. There was like, Wayne Scott panels on a single wall. One was this big. One, not not kidding. One was this big, and one was there was three sizes on one wall. And I was just like, but the kicker is those two, the two guys who did it, or the one carpenter kid that did it. He he was standing right there, and then his boss was standing right there, and then she. And so we're all there. It's this awkward situation. It is awkward. And she's like, so what do you think about this? And I'm like, do they have to be here? <laughs> you know, I didn't say that, but I'm like, what do I do? Like, this is such a weird thing. So oh, man, um, that is uncomfortable. I was like, this. I just said it. I was like, this. These panels need to all be the same size. Like yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah. And. Um, she was like, what about this molding here? Is this is this supposed to be right here? And the guy, the older guy who was there, who was like the boss, he was like, I told you that that's the molding that goes there. And then I was like, whoa, how, who are you? Oh you know? Oh my gosh. So it's like, just, there's, you, like, I bet that guy is saying like, this lady's so crazy, but it's like, no, you are crazy. You know, you're the, like the little, I was there 10 minutes because I had my family in the car. I just stopped yeah, by yeah. to look at it. So I didn't spend time a That's whole lot of so time there. That's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really weird. But so, my point to that is that, you know, you may be the problem, you know? And well, and, and and I think that there has to be a, um, I think that the, that's a great story. And I think it's an example of the contractor I don't ever want to be, you know? Mm -hmm that says you can't afford that or you don't know it'll be fine you know yeah i told you that goes yeah, there yeah i told you that goes there <laughs> and 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 that that there's an arrogance sometimes that come, that happens with in our profession that oh the homeowner doesn't know anything you know shut up i'll take care of it you know it'll be fine <laughs> yeah. and um you know you can end up with crazy stories and jobs like that that you show up to and who's really at fault there right i mean yeah probably the contract definitely the definitely the con yeah well, the, the other thing is really funny you, the way that you've said uh you don't know anything versus i've heard you talk about it as like we need to educate our uh customers we need to educate our clients that's such a different mentality right of you don't know anything instead of hey let me educate you let me show you some things and yeah, then you like, make the decision would like, you tell that to your kid right just shut up you don't know anything it's like <laughs> oh that's interesting yeah that's a good analogy a good and, you, and they kind kind of are a kid in a sense because they're starting off like not know maybe they know you know yeah. customers are even on different levels like some know a lot and some don't know much of anything honestly mm -hmm. but 
that like you always say it's our job to educate these people well and that education never stops right Right. i mean Mm -hmm. we've just started implementing a a sheet that we we have at the beginning of the job that explains who does what Mm -hmm. right and so we had a client come in he kind of is just kind of looking around and go like what's going on like Mm -hmm. what's happening and so we gave him this sheet that says okay we're the builder we're handling these things the the landscape designer is going to handle this the architect's going to handle this the interior designer is going to handle this and it was just this oh okay okay yeah kind of and and it was clear that he was so confused and it's like well are these people even talking do we do we know and and you know been doing this for 30 years and so i don't you know it's it's second nature for me and but to remember that that client and he's going to spend a lot of money with us. I mean, millions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to understand and that communication, that education, that you know, open. Hey, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. Here's what the next six months. Here's what the next two years look like. And and this is what we're trying to share. I think it, it does. That communication is huge. Right. And the, I think um, communication and respect to you. Yeah. Because the way that guy communicated to that lady, in my experience, was like, I told you that goes there. I I like like drop. My jaw is like, yeah. you just talk to her like that? How did you get out of that? I said, um, I said, well, I, I brought up my family. I was like, well, my wife and kids are in the car. So I guess, um, was there anything else? And she was like, oh, no, no. You know, that's, that's you know, they're waiting for you. Go ahead. And she said, thank you for your time. But and- you told him, you told her like, no, it doesn't go there. That's not right. Or mm-hmm. yeah, did- yeah, I told, yeah. It's, so I pointed out the things that were wrong. Yeah. And I, there's probably more I could have pointed out, but it was just so awkward that I just kind of pointed out like the big glaring things, you know, like the Wayne Scott yeah. panels. But disrespect is to me the worst thing. Like when I tell my kids, like you can you can tell me anything, but mm-hmm. don't disrespect me. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't just talk to me with respect. Yeah, and they don't like because they're kids. You we're teaching them, right? But as a as a tradesman or a contractor, my biggest piece of advice from this whole thing is just respect. Like, even if an issue comes up, deal with it in a respectful way. Like, yeah. hey, you did this wrong. Uh, okay, well, let's see how we can fix that. Apologize, you know, right. and, and sometimes eat the cost on it because you want to make it right. And I can honestly say we've had, we haven't had any dissatisfied customers. Yeah. You know? So I, uh, um, want to go back to guys listening out there, you know, what do they do if they have a, a number of, of, you know, if they have a track record of, of challenging customers, right? The first thing we'd recommend is look at yourself, look at yourself, right? I mean, look at, look at the systems, how well are you communicating? You know, th- there's got to be a point of reflection that you, you're looking at yourself going, well, I understand what they said that I understand what they're thinking there. I understand their frustration, you know, for us, it used to be, uh, you know, the budget, right? The the budget was always, you know, Too more high. than more than we said it was going to be. Um, well, I mean, the changes been made, you know, j- just things that happen. You open the wall, you find things that weren't there. You know, that's another huge thing that we're getting better at, but communicating those changes when they happen, because you know they get to the end of the job, they said, "Gosh, when we started this, this was going to be a million dollars. Now it's two million dollars. What's going on?" And and you're like, well, remember that da 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 da, da. And, and and we wouldn't even have to have that conversation at the end if we had along the way say, 
you know, we were at a million, but now we're at a million one because, you know, this happened. And now we're at a million two because you wanted to add that garden. And, you know, now mm -hmm. we're, and, and that seems like a, well, why wouldn't everybody do that? Mm -hmm. But everybody doesn't do that. I mean, it's just we're trying to get better at that communication and yeah. budget schedule. It's also kind of like swallowing a bunch of little hard pills uh, along the way rather than swallowing one giant open heart surgery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, another, I think, really good resource. Uh, we've talked about it a lot on this show, but then even just to take it from a business perspective, Bob Iger has like one of those master class things. I don't know. Everyone gets the ads for those, but the, um, in the masterclass, he talks about like how he goes about making deals with people. Um, and he's one of the guys who's responsible for one, some of the biggest buyouts, corporate buyouts in history with Lucasfilms, and, you know, all this crap. Um, this is the Disney CEO. It's the Disney CEO. Yeah. So he says it wants to be a win for both parties. And so if both parties do not come out of the deal as like, this is awesome. I think it's a problem. And so to your point, you always say, um, you know, we want to serve the client. We want to, you know, make the best work. You say that a lot as well as making the, making the best, doing our best job. Um, I think it's true, right? We say, Hey, this is a fair price that we've come up with. This is where we're at. And, uh, we just want to do the best thing that we can do. And if you have that mentality, it's clearly a win for both parties. And you're not going to be walking away from a deal where you feel like you've, upset the person who you're working for um and they're they're like well it was fair it was clear it was you know um he was open-handed with me i want to go back like i want to call him in you know three years when we want to add an addition on our house i want to call him you know yeah there's a um i think the other thing i want to make sure we stress or, or one thing that i think has uh helped me is just is is talent and knowledge right um, it's it, communication is huge, maybe the most important thing, but the next level of that. And, and the reason we get the clients we get is because of how much I know, because of the talent level of our craftsmen and the kind of work that we do. And so, you know, please don't, you know, to, to, to your story, Richard, the, the, you know, be that guy that you can continue to do crap work and, you know, continue to expect people to hire you when you're not serving them in a talented and knowledgeable way. I mean, just the way he treated that customer is, is just like, you know, look, pal, you don't, you don't know what you're doing evidently. And so, you know, there's sometimes people when they fall back into this industry and, and they're a framer or they're trim carpenter, what they are seeing is what they think is the, is the world. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, they've got this very narrow sliver and just, well, that's how you do trim. And it's just like, you know what? Shut up. Okay. Cause, cause here's really <laughs> the, the world of trim and you're, you're, you're working in this little narrow thing. So don't talk to me about. And, and, and so I just want to encourage people to raise their talent level, raise their knowledge level. I mean, you're starting to collect books now and, and, and that, that is, raising your game and ultimately helps you find that trusting patron client that that they, why do they trust you because you know so much well the funny thing about that too is like we just did that palladian window thing and i got all these comments i was telling you about pvc should have used pvc it's just just so many over those couple of videos but it just reminds me of what you said because people are living in this world that's only PVC. Mm. So my last video, I just went on a rant and destroyed 
all PVC. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Richard McMurray destroys PVC. <laughs> but I, I just said the opinion. I, I talked to you about why you're using these Sapili woods and stuff, and why you guys believe in them. And I'm like, that's awesome. That makes sense. You know, the the whole plastic thing of the PVC just, it's, it's just not the best fit for and then there was a lot of people on my side who said like yeah putting pvc there were so many funny comments i, I want to read them but uh putting pvc on that house would have been like putting a volkswagen sticker on a rolls royce or something <laughs> and i'm like yeah it's a good it's a good analogy well i mean but that that pvc is is a product of the last you know 15 20 years and, mm-hmm. and they're saying that's the answer yeah no you know there's thousands of years of, of work gone on in our great trade. building yeah long lasting without building. pvc trust me pvc is not the answer right Just, it is a answer it is a potential solution this is a potential but solution. it is not the best one i want to talk about one last comment have you ever fired a client and so you know i i've i have talked to a bunch of designers who have fired clients i don't think i've ever fired a client um I, but I think it's ballsy and I think it's, I think it's appropriate sometimes when some of these, you know, when that, that distrusting psycho client isn't w- willing to do it. It's something that, that I've never done, but, but to the point where they, you just go, you know what, this isn't going to work. And being able to call that quick and being able to get out of it, I think it's a big deal. It sounds like you almost did that with the New Zealand lady. New Zealand's no. Karen. Oh yeah, I guess. Karen. Yeah, I I did. And the funny thing is, as crazy as that experience was, she called me later that night too and was like, "I'm really sorry about that whole thing." And I was like, wow. I, I I said, "You know what? I'm sorry too." And it, it like worked itself out, but that was the craziest thing. Um I I've don't have a lot of clients, but um we uh in the ministry I work with, we have like 40 volunteer leaders and uh, we have a really high bar for who can become a leader. Um, and so it's, when I joined this thing, there were eight, uh, eight total leaders. Um, and I was really like, we need people like, we just need, we've got kids in small groups need, you know, uh, and I didn't know what to do because I was like, I just need to hire anyone who's willing. Um, and now it, it definitely has raised our standard as a whole. Whenever we said, Oh, I'm so sorry. We like you want to work with us. You want to give your time, like work for free for us. Um, but we can't have you on board because you're not living up to the standard that we we want you to be, or you're not up to the standard that we're looking for. Um, and it's such a weird concept. It feels so backwards when you're in the moment and you're like, I can't say no to this. Like I can't. So you're you're the comparison is you're firing a client. But- yeah, absolutely. Like if, if you have a client who's not working with the vision, like, I don't know, you are King historical architecture guy. If you went into with a, a person who is like, I'm really itching to do, um, a French style home combined with an English style home with all aspects of modernity, like sprinkled throughout it, you'd go, that's not what my vision is. Like, I don't like building a home. That's a McMansion. I'm sorry. I'm not going to work for you. And that raises your standard of excellence. I feel like because people would, I mean, that client is going to go talk to 80 of his friends and say, he wouldn't build this house. He said he needed to build it historically and accurately, and I can't believe that. Then someone who's like, well, I want to build a house right, hears that and goes, oh, 
I want to work with that. Yeah, guy, I think know? I think that's an example of you know, defining yourself in the market so that you kind of find the right clients, right? And, and so, um, you know, someone wanted to build a hay bale house, right? Yeah. That, that probably bad? would probably wouldn't be me. Okay. Well, it's it's a way that way of building that you know has some historic precedent, but I have no experience. I don't know, wouldn't know the first thing to do. So, um, anyway, yeah. very thermally efficient shipping container. You wouldn't do that. You probably, looked into probably it. not. You looked into modular homes, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, how I, to build them historically? It's a historical shipping, conta- shipping container. Yeah, a shipping container is is kind of a. You know, I don't bring a lot of expertise to that, right? Yes. And so, no. you know, if some client really wanted to do it and that we'd liked working with them, then yeah, I mean, I'd do it. But I mean, I, I'm not the shipping container guy. So, what would you say? At what point do you fire a client? Is it? At the initial meeting, you're like, this just isn't going to work or halfway yeah, through these it. <laughs> people, the, the people that have done it describe it to me as, you know, they get into the project and and something's happened. Okay. That client that originally you, 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 you worked with and said, this will be fun has turned negative and has turned distrusting. And so, you know, if we had a client that did that to us, like they stopped believing the vision, they stopped believing what I was saying, it would be like, you know what, maybe it's best if we just kind of go our separate ways. And that and so, would be the firing right there. Yeah. Okay. And so look, you're you're unhappy, you're, you know, distrustful of what's going on. You know, we still hold on to this thing. Why don't we just go our separate ways? Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be dramatic as I'm you know, you're fired like <laughs> Donald Trump or something. <laughs> you fired. But, but but uh, you know, it's it is a acceptance that that like this probably isn't gonna work going forward. Okay. Yeah. Um I've never had to do that, by the way. Never? No. But I think our jobs are, were always so small that we just kind of push through them. Yeah, these were to just work it out. Yeah, it's like two weeks at the most. So it's like suffer for two weeks, you get it over with, and <laughs> you know, it's yeah. over. Right. Yours are years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, overall, running it back, uh, we've got the patron. That's the person who loves you, wants to work with you. Doesn't matter the time, doesn't matter the cost. Let's make something awesome happen together. That's a very small percentage, but yes, they're out there. And so you're talking about this bell curve. We never really plotted them. So we've got the patron at the minute end. They're 1%. And then the psycho, Karen, on the other end. And then as we go up, they're the truster and the distruster right. are up there as well. The doubtful. Yeah, the the patron and the psycho are both 1% each, Right, mm-hmm. I would say. And the patron and the doubtful... 90, they're they're 54, the majority, 54. and if you look at it that way, that that you can you can drive them. You know your skill set and your communication, your stuff is going to drive them. You know to be trusting or non trusting. Mm-hmm. You know based on you know what you're communicating, what you're doing, how knowledgeable you are. Yeah, you know well, that makes a lot of sense. That's uh, and, and then just more key takeaways for me that I had was uh, communication is key. Communication is a, is a big part of it, and then. Um, as you build up your brand, that brings more expertise into the picture. The, the last thing I want to say is that just hit on that respect point so much because it's so important to me. I don't care if it's the lowest guy on the totem pole or the homeowner themselves. Yeah. I I try to respect everyone on the job like to the best of my ability, yeah. you know? And if you're the contractor that's disrespectful to the homeowner, which is the worst, yeah. Um, you're going to sway them to be 
crazy. You're going to yeah. sway them to not trust you. Everything can be solved with communication and respect. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. I'm really just finding out what it means to you. What's that? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> it's a word I really care about. Yeah. yeah, I really, it's one of my core values, actually. And, and I would say my takeaway is is that knowledge and trust um, uh, and talent, right? The reason I think we can do the work that we do is because I study harder. I, I know more. I, I, I love the historic precedent. And, and that knowledge base, I think, wins us customers and trust and you know that patron type you know relationship because they, they feel like they're hiring the expert to come in and help them accomplish this dream or this goal and uh it's only because i love it and i've studied it you know more than anybody else you made yourself valuable mm-hmm. yeah and you can't buy that mind you have to hire it you know and yeah. to get that mind you can't read a book you got to read hundreds of books right <laughs> yeah it's not just one yeah how to how to get a mind at Brenhole book. That's your next book. <laughs> <laughs> Cloning yourself. Well, uh, we already did that with the AI. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't we don't need them anymore. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is already yeah. Um, well, hey, thank you for watching the Passion for Craft podcast. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, we would love to hear from you guys about a great story that you've had with a customer. Um, potentially a terrible one. Those are typically funnier than yeah. the others, but um, any maybe stories. what you learned. Yep, and uh, big takeaways that you learned. Put that in the comments. Uh, we'd love to read those. Um, also, give us a follow uh, on YouTube. Give us subscribe on YouTube. Uh, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Somehow, that's the number one uh, thing that dictates whether or not a podcast is good, just how many bots, I mean, how many people can uh, five-star a podcast. So um, thanks again for watching. And uh, if you're not in the Patreon, we'd love to see you there. Uh, really awesome community of people uh, on our Discord and uh, just kind of sharing about craft and um, cool building things. So thanks for watching. Billsmanship, yeah, high, high quality billsmanship. Billsmanship.